When we talk about devotion to Mary, some people get nervous. It's as if they think that the honor that we give to Mary somehow takes away from the honor that we give to Jesus. But as Saint Maximilian Kolbe has said, never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. We are in week three of our message series called Totus Tuus. Totus Tuus means totally yours, and we're talking about Mary, the mother of God, the lessons that she has to teach us, as well as how we can turn to her for intercession. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. These were the words spoken by Mary when the archangel Gabriel appeared to her at the Annunciation and shared with her the great role that she would play in the salvation of the world. But when you hear Mary call herself a handmaid, you shouldn't think of a bizarre TV show, but rather you should think about someone who is the lowliest servant in a household and who is at hand to serve at a moment's notice. And when Mary says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, what she's really saying, her response is really complete. It's no hesitation, no conditions, no bargaining, She's just saying, yes, anything I can do to help. And to me, this is the definition of student, of, excuse me, of servant leadership. Mary doesn't ask, what do I get? Rather, Mary asks, how can I help? What can I give? And we know that the people who have this posture are a pleasure to be around. They make life better, not more difficult. They think about others before they think about themselves. And there are many ways that we are called to imitate Mary's servant heart. There's the care and the concern that we give to friends and family members. There's the preference which we give to the poor, the oppressed, and the marginalized, and those who are hurting. As well as all of the things that we do to both serve and to build up Christ's body the church. At Ascension Parish, as a parish, our vision is to be a growing community of faith where everybody feels at home. And I have to be honest, that job is too big for me and it's too big for our staff. For Ascension Parish to be everything that we believe God wants it to be, we need you. Cardinal Sean has said that being a Catholic in Boston is a contact sport. Well, we want you to get in the game. If you've been coming here for a while, now is the time to get involved. If you're new here, now is the time to get involved. If you're just visiting, well, get involved at your home parish. God has gifted you with many talents and a unique personality, and you should give back to God by putting some of your gifts, your talents, and your time at the service of your parish. Because the parish, as Pope Francis has said, is the presence of a church in a specific geographical territory. And I should say, serving in our parish, or serving in your parish, is one of those things where you receive so much more than you give. Because when you build others up, you are always richer for it. 
Lately on a given weekend, we've been averaging about 525 people at Mass. Seasonally, we expect a little dip as we head into the summer and people are traveling, but then there's a spike right after Labor Day when the kids return to school and fall activities commence. So what this means is we have a tremendous opportunity to share the good news with people who so desperately need it and are hungry for it. But you know, the preaching of the good word just doesn't happen out here. It happens out there by the example of how we live and what we do. And like if you're a marketer, you know, when you go to a store, you usually decide if you're going to buy something even before you get inside. And when people are new here, they've decided if they're going to listen to the words or not based on what happens in the parking lot and how they're greeted at the door. And it's our ministers who really set the tone for everything that follows. So if you serve in our parish in any way, I wanna say thank you. And if you don't serve yet in our parish, I would like to invite you to volunteer in some capacity as a volunteer minister. Um, and at the end of each of the pews, we have these little sign-up sheets. We put some golf pencils there too. And what I'd invite you to do is write your name on the, uh, the space provided, give us your contact information. And then we have a list of ministries. There's more ministries, but these are some of the big ones that we think will have the biggest impact on our mission now. Um, and I invite you to either put one there or just say, hey, I'll serve where the greatest need is. What our goal is, our goal is to build these ministries through the course of the summer so that when we get to the fall kickoff, we're ready to hit the ground running. Sometimes people complain that priests golf too much. And someone said, Father, not, not to me, of course, but someone said, Father, you know, what do you ever learn on the golf course? Golf pencils for signups in the pews. <laughs> when I was in college seminary in Philadelphia, there was a, an order of nuns there called the Immaculate Heart of Mary Sisters, or the IHMs. The IHMs dedicated their entire lives to serving God and the church and others. And then when a sister became too elderly or too infirm to continue her previous ministry, she'd be assigned to the mother house where she'd continue in a new ministry. And that was the ministry of prayerful intercession. So if for whatever reason you're unable to serve in one of the ministries um, that requires a little more physical activity or something else, I'd invite you to sign up for the prayer team at a minimum. Basically what happens with the prayer team is we send out a weekly email and then people pray for the intentions that have been entrusted to us as well as the things that are going on. And I would say the prayer team and our prayers are really the fuel that makes the entire engine run. So there's no excuses. Right now, we are in the precious days between Jesus' ascension into heaven 40 days after Easter and the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost 50 days after Easter. It's one of the times when sort of our liturgical calendar lines up with the kind of the chronological calendar in the Bible. 
And as we heard in the first reading at this point, the disciples returned to Jerusalem and to the upper room where they're staying. And when they got there after Jesus' ascension, what did they do? We read, they devoted themselves with one accord to prayer, together with some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Do we have time for a quick joke? This doesn't relate to anything. What type of car did the apostles drive? In accord. They were in one accord, they were... Okay, that, that, now you should pay better attention to the rest of the homily. Because <laughs> we're talking about prayer, and prayer is the uplifting of the mind and the heart to God. St. Teresa of Lisieux has said, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and love, and it is the embracing of both trial and joy. On the necessity of prayer, St. Alphonsus Liguori speaks absolutely He says, those who pray are certainly saved, and those who do not pray are certainly damned. More than anything else, it is prayer that proves that we have our hearts in the game. And as the disciples prayed in those precious days between the Ascension and Pentecost in that upper room, Mary was their spiritual center. That's why we never err when we turn to Jesus through Mary. Ad Jesum per Miriam. Last week we gave out these prayer cards that have one of my favorite Marian prayers on the back, the Memorare. I pray it every day. If you didn't get one, we have more by the doors and I encourage you to take one as you leave or even take some to share. But there is another Marian prayer that I would like to especially recommend to you today. And that is the Holy Rosary. The Holy Rosary. In high school, I was practicing the rosary and it was good because I forgot my basic prayers and it helped me learn them again. And as I was doing this, I asked one of my friends, Bobby, I said, Bobby, how do you start the rosary? And he looked at me as if I was a little dense and he said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I said, no, 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 I get that part. I get the, the, what do you do on the tail? (laughs) If you've ever asked a question like that, don't worry. We have these wonderful (laughs) guides on how to pray the rosary available for you as you leave Mass today. So be sure to take some. And I got 2,000 of them, so there's enough for everybody. The rosary has been described as the Bible on a string because each of the mysteries of the rosary opens up for us the life and the mission of Jesus and Mary. The rosary can be prayed alone or with others. It can be prayed at home or at church. You can pray it while you're walking or driving around and depending on how quick you say the prayers, it takes between 15 in 20 minutes, but when you pray the rosary, I just encourage you, don't be like a machine gun (laughs) that's firing off the prayers as quickly as you can. Saint Anthony Mary Claret said, when people love and recite the rosary, they find it makes them better. And I know that that has been the case for me. 
If there's a day that I do not pray the rosary, then I know that that is a day where there was something off. My challenge to you for the coming week is to pray the rosary at least once. And if you already pray the rosary every day, well then choose one day where you're gonna make it a point to try to pray it even better. As Saint Jose Maria Escriva has said, if you say the rosary every day with a spirit of faith and love, Our Lady will make sure she leads you very long, very far along her son's path.